Hi, this is Sam Lagana with the Los Angeles Rams. Who's house? You're listening to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Undenied worldwide, the Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's go Rams! Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. As you can see this evening, we have Chris, John, Andy and Aaron on the call with me. How are you doing, guys? Chris, how are you? Um, I still don't feel like it's real at the moment. It's, it's. I don't think it's sunk in properly yet. <laughs> Excellent. John, uh, but I'm all good. John, how are you? I've managed to stop crying. You know, the tears of joy. Excellent. Andy? Yeah, I'm good. A bit like Chris, still in a bit of shock and sort of like, you know, still pinching myself thinking, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> right. It might last a little bit longer, I think. Adiran, how the hell are you? Oh yeah, long time. No see, Tony. Um I'm good. I'm good. Uh yeah, I mean it's, there's so much content come out since the podcast. I mean not the podcast, <laughs> the Super Bowl. Um that you can't keep up with it, can you, quite frankly. So um but yeah, the more the yeah, the more that keeps coming out the better. It's you know, just live the moment as long as we can, really. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So after twenty two years, the Los Angeles Rams, oh sorry, the Rams are Super Bowl champions again. How was the game for you, Aaron? It was, um, <laughs> well, what people understand is throughout the game, there's this Discord group that we have, and it's a big part of game day. And there's a lot of people there, very panicky at any given moment. And I was pretty calm, actually, throughout it, because I know throughout you know, every season, especially this one, there's always an upset. You know, someone who's a favourite going in can quite easily lose. We did it against the Jets that time. And it's just like, you can never say never. It'd go down to the final whistle. We could come back from this, especially when it got a bit ropey with Odell Beckham going down. And it just felt like, oh, it's the, the run game's not there, etc. Um, it is going against us. But I kind of had that faith, I think, the whole time. And uh, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't go far as to cry, but I think I was in general shock on my knees in front of the telly sort of silent screaming because of two boys upstairs. <laughs> Do you want to wake them up? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I had the missus with me as well. We watched it together at home. But no, it was um, it was brilliant to see them all. There's a lot of guys there that really deserve a, a Super Bowl and a ring, and it was good to see them get it. It was indeed. It was indeed. Andy, how how was the game for you? Oh, it was nerve wracking at times. You know, it was. Um, I think it was just a typical one of our games this season. You know, we we looked down and out. We didn't look like we could get anything going. You know, and then. You know, as you say, defence wins championships. You know, they stepped up and, you know, we managed in the end just to get that going. But at the end of the game, I was just sat there in complete and utter shock and just disbelief that, you know, we'd actually done it because, you know, for a period, we didn't look like we knew what we were doing. I was just ecstatic and, you know, hopping around the room after a while once, you know, it sank in that we'd done it. Fantastic. John, was you out and about or were you at home as well? I was at home, it was my oldest birthday on Sunday, so the nerves and that didn't actually kick in at about half ten, which between half ten and eleven o'clock I must have put away every single snack I bought for the whole game, <laughs> to the point I turned to my wife and said, I'm stressing here, I'm going to be 20 stone by the morning, and then later like, at half time I noticed that she'd been like slagging me off on social media and posting pictures of me, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feel stress mess, but no, it was... um. It was totally stressful to watch, um, but it's one of those ones, like Andy says, defence wins championships, and 
I think over since the divisional round, we've kind of proven that as long as we can stay within a score, we're capable of just going mm. on a drive at the end to win it. So and that's that's all that really took in the end, I guess. Excellent, Chris. Was you at home as well, or was you out and about? No, I was at home. Um, I was watching it uh, live at home, but then on Skype with my brother. So we were obviously watching the game together. Um, I, I may, I may have shed a tear at the end. Why not? I'm a, I'm a burly man. I'm allowed to do that every now and again. Yes, my guy are. turned up at the end. Obviously, as everybody is fully aware that listens to the podcast, that AD is my guy. Um, we share a body shape. But no, it was just, I think, like Andy says, you went through the game thinking, what are we doing here? The running game wasn't working. You, the Odell goes down. You then hear that, obviously, Blenton's coming in. He's gone down. Weddle's shoulder's gone. And you're thinking, oh, it's just collapsing in front of us. And then Matthew Stafford did what we did, what we brought him in for. And, and took us down on that drive, which when you when the drive was actually happening, it was a bit surreal that it was actually happening. Now you've re-looked at it. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Definite wow. And that's that's the that is what we brought him in for. The whole that is the whole reason why he's in the franchise. Definitely, definitely. Well it sounds like I, I was the only one who actually went down to a bar to watch the game and surprise <laughs> I brought with me, or I went with a friend of mine who's become a Rams fan over the last three or four seasons, actually. And a bit of a surprise. There's about 40 people in there, a bit of a mix of different fans. But there was actually another five Rams fans in there. So you'll be happy to know that I recruited them to the social media channels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I took our old business cards and scattered them around for them. So I I said to a couple of them, actually, uh, I think it was midway through the third quarter, everybody was really tense. And I said you know what, I think I'd rather be behind going into the fourth quarter and be chasing the score than having having been, mm. being chased. And I thought that was the better position for us. And I'm happy to have been proved right, but as much as I was tense at the time, I just felt that if we was behind, we stood a better chance of winning the game. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it, it just made me feel a bit more confident that. Yeah. I think, that. Well, I think that goes against the statistics, though, doesn't it? According to the half time uh, stat. We can talk about that now, right? I'm assuming. Well, we were winning at half time. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, but when we weren't, <laughs> when we weren't it weren't. <laughs> yeah. So I think what we want to do really is, is break this podcast into just looking at the Super Bowl and, and break it into the offense, the defense, and the special teams. Chris, where do you want to start with the offence? Um, well, like, like I said before, I think the, the, the one place you potentially got to start is obviously the, the, the run. We, that got swallowed up very early. Um, and it was just, you look at the stats on on the run and, and they're, not, they're not for pretty reading. Um, they obviously had, had seen that that was going to be the... That, well, we all know that if the run works and the rest of the offence then follows. So you, you have to to understand that and and to be fair we we did keep with it do you know what I mean Cam Akers had 13 goals Darren Hansen had four Sonny Michelle actually wasn't probably involved as much as I thought he would be um maybe he was carrying something I'm not quite sure I've not seen anything on that but it just it 
I'm surprised they kept with it as long as he did because we've seen in previous games over the season that they just abandoned it straight away. But I don't know if that's a McVeigh learning, actually, not just to give up because we have to keep the run, obviously, to then free up the passing game. But I think when you look at the passing game, you look at the touchdowns that we scored, I think it showed that we had to keep going with the, with the game plan. Um, the, the touchdowns themselves, the one obviously to, to Odell Beckham was a great touchdown. I think it was a perfect throw. To to see the to see that the passion that come out of Odell Beckham, I think, has actually surprised a lot of people. And yeah, he got injured in the game. It was tough for him. Obviously, stood on the touchline. Obviously, his reaction at the end of the game is again exactly why he wanted to join the Rams is because he's seen the ring. But it's actually. And it's talking to people uh, as well as on different shows that we all went on through Super Bowl week. It, it's a different Odell Beckham, I think, than you've seen in any other franchise. He, he seems like actually he's he maybe even grown up a little bit. Um, and actually he's he's one for the team rather than it's all about Odell. Yeah, and he, he does seem to have bought into the we not mean banter definitely, this time. Yeah, definitely. And, and you can see that on the field where he's actually... Well, you probably see when he was at the Giants, it was if you don't throw it to me, I'm going to kick off and try and put a kicker's net in my head. Where it doesn't really feel like that in, in the one he's got. So, no, it, the off, off, I spoke about it a minute ago that the final drive and that will be used in Super Bowl reels going forward. The no look pass from from Matthew Stafford is probably going to be used in his Hall of Fame video. Um, when he gets his jacket years to, years to come. Um, that will be used on every Super Bowl video now as we go through the next five, six, ten years, however many it is. That, they will show that clip. I was, um, I was, go- I was going to just to bring that in as well, actually. You know, I was going to ask John, how filthy was that <laughs> no I mean, it's one of those ones, like, you should probably feel like you should pay to see something like that, I'd say. Uh, I mean, he's done it quite a few times this during the course of the season, more so at the beginning of the season, but that was just... I think you had to see the replay that was facing towards Stafford to actually really appreciate just how filthy it really was, because when you see it from behind, you can't really tell is he actually no-looking or not, just by the angle of his helmet, but when you see his face and you can see like he's looking totally in a different direction. Like, oh. And it, I was watching some of the Sky coverage, the... Um inside the huddle where they obviously then look back at the game and uh, Jeff Reimer was talking about this is there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that do the no look pass but they actually look as they throw the ball he never moved his eyes away from where he was looking and as you say when you're looking actually straight at his face you can actually see him how he moves the safety and there's, there's no other reason that he would have done what he's done if he hadn't have done that so it was just a phenomenal and to then go that whole drive with throwing to Cooper Cup just showed why that that is for me what won him the MVP. He, I don't think he probably would have won the MVP of the game without that drive. Yeah, he obviously scored the touchdowns, and I think it would have gone to Aaron Donald. But to obviously, they basically, I think, <laughs> I think McVay's sheet that he effectively had in his hand just might as well have just been binned. It was like wherever Coop is, throw it to him. Doesn't matter the coverage, he will catch it. <laughs> and and I think it just all went out the window a little bit. But it was wow and. I've watched now. I think I think I'm up to about four or five times of the highlights now, um, and I still get goosebumps as I watch the the fourth quarter. Brilliant, John. 
I mean, we had a good game on offense, but it didn't feel as though it was great. Did it? Did you find it was a bit laboured? Were we being yeah. hampered by? Yeah. It, it definitely felt like it was a kind of bit of a kind of slog. You know, it was. We I wouldn't say we were struggling to break them down. It was it was Odell getting injured that totally killed our momentum. I think if if he didn't get injured, it's it's a fair comment to say that we probably would have ran away with it a lot sooner because he looked like he was going to be wanting a big game. Um, and like you said, like you said, like the passion from him from scoring the touchdown and seeing the passion from him for the side, like it meant a lot to him. This was, I think, in his eyes, this was his chance to kind of finally prove to people, I'm not what you think I am. Mm. Like, I'm all about the team, like, you know, we, not me. Um, I did feel like when he was injured, it totally uh, yeah, I would say it killed the momentum because, like, even watching it, that was when I felt like I, I was starting to kind of sit like this, <laughs> watching it every like every play because I thought they've killed they've, they've killed isn't on the ground, they've got cup wrapped up, you know, double coverage or whatever. He's getting he's not going to get a look in, and that's when we're starting to throw to like Skoronic, who that like I'm trying to not be negative because we've just won the Super Bowl, but he's got a lot of work to do in the off-season or he's not going to be on the roster next year because okay. there's been a lot okay. of spotlighted like, times where he's not caught the ball. There's been a few ones where they've been out of reach or not, but in the Super Bowl, you know, that's that's the one game where you don't want to be seen to be not catching passes, regardless of how easy or difficult it is. Yeah, the whole eyes of the league, the world are on you, so he's got a lot of work to do. But that said, Bryson Hopkins, like... I think a lot of credit needs to go to our tight end coach. You know, we're missing Higby, missing Munt, who's one and two. With Blanton come in, who was absolute solid. And then Hopkins, who, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I think you've only seen someone like one snap prior to this game. Um, yeah. And I think usually he's he's always listed as an active most games. So he's came out of nowhere and made a, you know, think four catches he got for about 47, 48 yards. But mm-hmm. also... What a class is probably the most key offensive block of the game on that, you know, that in the rounds with a with cup on four from one. If he hasn't got that block, you know, cup isn't going to see that and then make the adjustment to get us the first down and then potentially that's the game gone. So like he stepped up at a, like a kind of key moment. Um, for us in like all credit to a guy who's literally came out of the cold and the biggest game the season um but then you've got like you've got you know the king of catch cup like <laughs> does it it's it doesn't matter who you put on him it doesn't matter how many you put on him is like when it comes to like it just he finds a way to get in a space to make a catch um and i think that's that's down to how well him and stafford work together because in the last few days like it's it's came out about the work they actually put in when Stafford first actually came over to his and was in training camps and whatnot, when he was he was working with Cup and they were talking about the concepts with McVay, the stuff they could do together. Um, to the point I think I'd seen that JJ Kowski was brought in to essentially run plays with Stafford for Cup to to watch so that they could then work out schemes and and whatnot between them. And I think like the no look pass is one of those ones that they've been able to, you know, refine that over the course of the season 
that Cup can get into wherever at any position they feel they can, and they'll draw coverage away from him because they think Stafford isn't going to. Um, but like Stafford um, is just, I think so. I got asked, I got asked on Twitter and about this uh, not long before we came on that what was my opinion of Stafford through the playoffs, like in terms of his performance. I actually found he's been more consistent for us, especially in that final quarter, which he starts to speak for himself. And it's one of the ones like um, from the divisional round. All we've had to do is stay within one score, and I've felt there's enough confidence there from him because he seems to be more patient, more composed, and he has the confidence himself to just go on a game-winning drive. So there's a lot of, I think, great things that we can take from our offense. Who, like, despite being battered and you know and not being able to find a way through, like, can just stay patient, stay <clears throat> focused on the game plan, and pick up the big W and then obviously pick up the Lombardi at the end of the game. <laughs> Excellent. Thank, thanks, John. Yeah, so I just wanted to add something to what John said about the connection between Stafford and Cup. I don't know if any of you have listened to it. Um, it might have been posted in the Discord. But the morning after podcast, uh, Matthew Stafford's wife podcast, they basically after the night of the Super Bowl, they stroll in at 5am after a Drake party, drunk. They get to bed for about an hour and they get woken up by... Uh, uh, Mrs. Stafford's uh, friend who does the podcast with her. They've got to do a seven o'clock podcast and they're drunk still with one hour sleep. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's brilliant. It's about 45 minutes. Watch it because they're a hilarious couple and they're drunk still. Um, so, but during it, he talks about, oh, this is the sort of guy Cooper Cup is. He, he basically has texted me like six this morning after the party and he's worked out how many hours we spent together outside of what we have to do. And it worked out to be about 21 full days across the season, 500, 500 hours, something like that, that they put in before they have to turn up for tape or you know coach sessions on the field, whatever. That's the extra. And, and Stafford said that, you know, this is stuff that quarterbacks do, but not other, you know, skilled players like wide receivers. And that's why they have that trust and that connection because the amount of time that they go over it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 think think well, I think we've seen... They um they were talking about it the other day on their Good Morning Football. You know, Cup has his own room for watching tape. That's the sort of thing again you expect a quarterback to do, not a wide receiver. You know, and he spends hours in that room just watching tape every day of you know throughout the season. You know, and that just shows the dedication. You know, and he's done that from day one. But as soon as he got to the team, you know, and to, to shows you the dedication that you know not only Stafford puts in, but that Cup has put into his craft to make sure that when it's time, you know, he has those big games that we, we need desperately. Yeah. I think he needs to work on his own passing though, right? Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a brilliant spiral. That one, was you see that pass? It's a brilliant spiral though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I mean, maybe it's more on Matthew not being very athletic at the jumping ability. Maybe. I maybe. Yeah, I think Matt Stafford needs to be a few feet taller to catch that He was a bit one. shorter the first down as well. He had to do a little bit more. He would have got it, I reckon. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I just wanted to come back to you again because I mean, the Rams have been labelled a superstar team. That's that's all in this season for about the last four seasons, to be fair. But there's been a heck of a lot of injuries in the team mm. during this season, and we seem to have got round that not easily, but we, we we seem to have had enough depth to get over that. Yeah. 
and we seem to have got to the Super Bowl despite all those injuries, not because we've got lots of superstars, because some of the better players actually haven't been available to us. No, of course. Obviously, Robert Woods is, is probably the, the first one that comes to mind. And to see him on the field and, and to see him coming, obviously, onto the pitch and to actually see him lift the, the trophy, because, again, if he hadn't have obviously stepped up in the early part of the season before he got injured, then would we be in this position? I mean, there's some of the... The, I reckon he's been in the room, in the room with probably most of them, even whilst injured as well as he's been working through this. I think that's the kind of guy he is. Um, and you, you, as you say, that, that some of the guys have stepped up. Obviously, with, you, you say about Skoronic, I think I agree with John. I think he's probably got to work on some stuff. Hopefully, will they give him a chance? The NFL is a bit of a, str- a strange place and a tough place to be. We'll, we'll see on that one. But Van Jefferson, obviously, he stepped up in a couple of plays, did some well. Um, Ended up having a baby two hours after the the game finished, which was a bit of a crazy run for him, bless him. But congratulations to him on that. So I think it was probably the right thing that they never told him till the final whistle, because um, his, his mind may have been slightly elsewhere. But I think as well for Cam Akers going down when he did just before training camp, we all saw him as our number one running back from last season going into this season. I think special mention really, as well as Daryl Henderson going down, but Sonny Michelle. It's been superb this season in my eyes. I think a lot there was a lot of people sort of raised eyebrows when we brought him in at the start of the season. They thought he was a little bit washed up from where he was at the Patriots and things like that. But McVeigh see something in him. And I think he was definitely did the job for what we needed him to do through the season. Cam Akers is the is the running back who's going to be going through with this this franchise. And they, you can see that. And I think he is a good running back if we can get the right running game. This Obviously, the Super Bowl didn't work in that basis, so there's going to be opportunities for him as we go into next season. Of course there is. Um, but like I said before, I like the way that McVeigh worked his way through this this game. And, the, and obviously, it was a big pressure for him to the fact that the last Super Bowl didn't go very well, but you could see that he learned from that. When we obviously scored the first touchdown, the first thing I said to my brothers is that we've scored more points from the last Super Bowl, so it's a positive. <laughs> and as I said it, the commentary said it on the actual uh, on the coverage. I was like, they're obviously listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, it was it was just a phenomenal night. And to to like like Aaron says, I did wake my children and wife up at the final whistle, and I got in a bit of trouble for that at past three in the morning. Um, so yeah, I was not in the good place the next day. Um, but I didn't care because it, we must, we just won the Super Bowl, <laughs> and there was a lot of people texting me and, and FaceTiming me from LA, and a few people in the stadium at the time, seeing it all live and just the complete chaos. Um, it was just a phenomenal, and the whole build-up of it from, and I wasn't, I didn't want to watch the coverage from when it started on TV at ten o'clock, but I couldn't help myself. Because I think I was in, I was all in, and I think the whole what's it, 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. Pretty much all of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, and even the halftime show, I think it it pulled everybody in because of obviously how big it was, and it was when you actually listen now. Um, I saw Matt Gay on Good Morning Football yesterday, and he said that he was stood watching it, so he actually come out of the locker room to watch some of the halftime show. And so was the Bengals kicker. Mm. And they were just, but they were, he was like, we were, it wasn't that we weren't in the game, but you don't go to these very often. 
So why not go in? Yeah, they're not exactly going to be part of the team talk, are they? They're not going to be part of the team talk. They've done their bit. They've gone in. He said, I went in, had a bit of treatment, thought I'd go out and I caught the back end of it. But he says, you're never in this situation very often. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, not everybody's Tom Brady, but you get to go to 10 of these. So you've got to soak everything in. And it's such a different game for the players. As much as they say they're going to try and keep in the routine and stuff like that, it's not, is it? it the, the, the timeouts, potentially, the, the TV timeouts are longer. Half time's longer. You've got the rock stood on the pitch when you want to try and kick off, for crying out loud. So <laughs> it, it's, it's different. But I think they all coped with it well. And you, and maybe that is the, the difference for, for Joe Burrow on the other side, is that he didn't cope with it very well. And I think yeah. that was the, the sort of rabbit in the headlights as you come to that final quarter, is actually... The Rams had been there before. A lot of this team had been there before. And they were experienced enough to cope with it. And I think Matthew Stafford has enough experience of those fourth quarter comebacks. You know, Definitely. Is, is, it, is it 41 now that he's had fourth it's quarter just, comebacks? It's, it's some of the ab- statistics that you look at is just ridiculous. And, but, you know, the, the offence won us the game. But as we always say, it's defences that win you championships. And I think there's two, ma- there's, there's two main incidents that I think we need to talk about for the defence here and I don't know if you want to take this one first the face mask yeah that didn't get called yeah unbelievable isn't it now I don't like to be the one that then says oh you know knock on effect because once it's over it's over you know Stafford turning the ball over is you know separate to that but obviously that then you know maybe has a, a a mental effect on players um but they are professional, so maybe not. But yeah, that was blatant. Everyone can see it's blatant. I, I mean, there's obviously rules in place that if they don't call it at the time, they can't review it. I, I assume that any touchdowns are reviewable, but mm. maybe at the point of it going over the line rather than whatever you know happened before that. Um, but the fact that they can see that on the screen, where it's blatantly been pulled down to the ground by the face mask, is uh, unbelievable. We have enough issues in this country with video assistant referees, never mind in the NFL. We don't need this oh, to start happening I mean, as well. They stop and look at everything. So not For that to then get past is, just seems ridiculous. But like you say, um, John says we can hardly moan. We won the Super Bowl in the end, didn't we? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the other one that I maybe want to ask Andy about is the Bengals' touchdown. Mixon to Higgins. How, how did that get past our defence? Were we just completely flummoxed on that? Yeah, if if you look back at it again and you watch it, as soon as Mixon gets the ball, you see Scott, who was covering, was it Higgins, I think he was covering, come up towards him, expecting the run. And yeah, it's just, I think, a little bit of inexperience on Scott's part is he's, you know, I think they said Mixon's only ever thrown one pass and that was back in high school or college. You know, he's never been someone to do something like that. So I think we've just got a little bit suckered in of, right, Mixon's got the ball, go at him. And that's just allowed, you know, him to get open in the back, you know, at the back of him. But then, you know, it's just, I think a little bit of a breakdown and a little bit of inexperience again on Scott's side that, you know, he's just focused on the ball rather than what's going on behind him. But Nick Scott's been so phenomenal. He's, he's had some really good games this season already. I think we can, we can just about forgive him for it, can we? Oh yeah. You know, Let's be honest, he's what, a seventh round pick. This has really been his, you know, coming into the season, he was only really a special teamer, you know, and he has made some big plays for us. And it, it is, it's just the inexperience of, you know, 
probably a little bit caught up in the moment of, oh, look, he's got the ball. I'm going for him. And then, you know, they've just, it's just one of them trick plays, you know, it's, it's, you know, the Philly special, you know, you just don't expect it to happen. And it just happened, unfortunately. But Aaron, you know, how immense was the defence? You know, a Super Bowl record equaling seven sacks? I mean, they talk about us being star-studded. I mean, they came out, didn't they? The guys that needed to. You know, Donald, Von Miller. Seven sacks. No wonder Burrow was, you know... <laughs> starstruck. Anyone, exactly, starstruck. I mean, anyone would fold under that pressure. Um, and obviously, a lot of that, those sacks, you've got to... Uh, give credit to the, the back end with uh, Ramsey. I've seen tape on him with Chase and obviously there's a couple of instances that people focus on where maybe Chase got away from him a couple of times but he had him in his pocket most of the game um, and it's it's Ramsey doing things like that that allow our guys to get to him quick. Um, unbelievable. I mean, McVeigh on that final drive said that, you know, let's just go out there, eight minutes left, Let's just get it done. Defence are playing great, which they were all game, pretty much. Um, you, t- you take that face mask off them, which I know you can do this all day with the, ga- with the game if you do change certain scenarios. But, you know, it's a different game. And, um, yeah, they, they, they did great on the day. They, they came out when they had to. Um, but seven sacks. I mean, we know they gave up a lot of sacks and it was expected to be, you know, four plus. But, yeah, impressive. Yeah, and, and Andy, you know, I mean, midway through the season, we brought in Von Miller, and he he, he stood up in the Super Bowl. He, he got a brace of sacks himself. Yeah, you know, not bad, sacks. is he? No, he's not, not a bad player for an old man, as everyone kept telling us. He was washed <laughs> up, you know, when we got him. You know, but again, you know, it's it's the stars show up at the right time when you need them. You know, he started off with us a fair few games a little bit slow. You know, and he seemed to be, I don't know whether it was, you know, I think there's been all the talk. He never wanted to leave Denver. He didn't want to come to us. You know, he was forced out the door, you know, and the people were saying he doesn't, you know, his head's down. He's not. But I think once he got into it and once he bought into, you know, what McVeigh was doing. And, you know, I've got to, I've been critical of, you know, Raheem Morris all year. But you've got to give that guy credit for what he did for us on Sunday night. You know, he, he played the perfect defence. But, you know, Miller just seemed to, the further we got into the postseason, the more he seemed to come alive and the more big plays he was making, whether that was just he was getting comfortable with the scheme, you know, he knew what he was doing. But, you know, when you've got AD, you've got Floyd, you know, taking up double teams, it's got to allow someone like Miller to get open, you know, and it is the Aaron Donald effect. We've seen plenty of players, you know, Fowler, Ebucom, etc. They've looked fantastic next to him, and then they've left, and you don't really hear the names. And I think, you know, as much as Von Miller, you know, is a Hall of Fame player, you know, certainly now once he's got now he's got his second ring. I think, you know, having Aaron Donald next to you just makes your job that little bit easier. And you know, and he did the job that we want. That's what we brought him in for, and that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. And bringing in like someone like a veteran like Weddle. You know, made a massive difference, and he played that game with a torn pec most of it. Have you seen the state of it as well, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. So he's another one. Please. Another talk. one, just to, to jump in on that as well. Another one that they mentioned his name quite a lot um, in the commentary was Ashawn Robinson as well. Mm, yeah. What he yeah, did in relation to, to stopping the run was, I don't think I'd seen that from him before, and I think again that showed how much he turned up in the big game. 
Yeah, he's he's been one. I'm not being funny. I've been pretty critical over him. I've you know I've I've even said you know I think in the Discord group I said next season I'd like our you know we, we play a three four I'd like our front three to potentially be Donald Gaines and you know Joseph Day. I think that would be our perfect because I was like get rid of Robin. You know he doesn't do much for us. But again, you know, he's come up in the big game and made those plays, you know. So, you know, you've got to give the guy credit. And, you know, another player I'd love to give credit to is Ernest Jones for, you know, mm. third round rookie. You know, he made a few big plays, not only in this game, but throughout the season when he's come in. You know, he stepped up when we wanted him to. And, you know, he, he, he's he been, a, you know, a hell of a lot better than Troy Reader, you know, uh, will ever be. And I think, you know, going forward, I think Jones and possibly Howard potentially could be our a lot of linebacker pair in the interior hopefully you know as long as he keeps developing the way he's going sure sure john do you want to come in and have a final word on the defense it just i think it's been one of, it was one of the best defensive performances we've had all season just um going back to what you guys were saying there about a sean robinson uh for a far remember right from the commentary they highlighted whenever he wasn't on the field and they were saying this is when the bengals should be running it when he's not on the field to run it get it in the ground and every time they did put it in the ground they did make you know not a great green but they did get a good amount of yardage out of the carries um but the likes of like Ernest Jones was absolutely fantastic was Troy Reader actually playing because I barely ever I barely seen him um and going into the the Super Bowl one when uh, the other week when last week sorry when I was on I did say he was going to have to really step up because he was one of the guys that was really worried about being targeted um but he's he seemed to just been not out there at times but I don't know if it's because you had the likes of Jones or whatever kind of stepping up that it just took him out of the game but you know a lot's been said about Ramsey um and going about oh he gave up X amount of yardages but you guys highlighted it that. Did, Burroughs didn't throw to chase every single time the way as if like, you'd think and like, when you look at the stats he got 89 yards yeah that's great and whatnot but it was less than a quarter of the passes that Burroughs threw in the game Ramsey did have him locked up for the best part the only but the, the kind of flip side of the coin is there was a couple of big plays he did give up and then they're, they're going on about the, the what if what if Joe saw chase and Ramsey on the ground. I'm sorry he didn't because Burroughs was too busy face down the ground for Donald <laughs> winning us yeah. the game. Excellent. And, that, and that's what he did do. AD won us the game in the end of the day and it, and it just, that where he obviously then gets it and he obviously takes his helmet off and shows that I was after that ring. That was just... I mean, apparently, um, oh, me, apparently, Cup and Stafford were on the sideline, sat down, and they were just looking at the ground. They couldn't watch that final defensive stand. And uh, when it was that fourth, it was fourth and one, wasn't it? When it was fourth yeah. and one, and uh, they Donald obviously tackled um, the running back, and uh, and then then he made the stop on Burrow. And um, uh, someone ran at him on the sidelines and said, and was going mental, and he's like. What, what are you so excited for? He goes, was that fourth down? He's like, yeah, we're, we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's like, he wasn't even aware that was fourth down. He thought there was another play to happen. Oh, so, dear. Uh, yeah. so I saw a picture today as well. And it was the, the pose from Sean McVay at the end of the game. So hands on his knees, leaning forward. And it was the exact same pose as Dick Vermeil in the, in the Super Bowl 34. <laughs> and somebody put them right next to each other. And they looked 
in exactly the yeah, same the position. Exact same pose I was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that just before he got absolutely soaked by oh. Robinson in the Gatorade? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, he got him good fair news. <laughs> and I think it's a bit remiss of us not not to move. I'll give some credit to the um, the special teams because I think Powell had a decent game again. He was solid. But I, again, I don't know who wants to take this. I'm going to go to Chris first. But the missed extra point, Chris, how bad did that feel? I don't, I just, I don't, during the game itself, when it actually happened, I couldn't figure out what had actually happened. So it, they didn't show a replay of it for about four or five plays. Yep. And I'm like, was that a trick play? Was he trying to throw it? Did he, what, what the hell's just happened there? And it just, it all went really quick in the next minute we then saw, and that's so on Johnny Hecker yeah. to obviously let it slip through his fingers, but I think it shows that, again, he's human. It, it was just one of those things. But, yeah, it obviously didn't happen. He obviously threw and does that class as an interception. I, I'm not really sure, but he just classes it as a, as a no goal or, or a no good. But to sort of have the presence of mind actually to pick it up, the only thing that when you actually look at it again is that you're worried that Matt Gay kicked the floor. So he could have done his ankle. And maybe that's why he went in at half time and got treatment. <laughs> well, there was that so, story sort of came at the end of the game one that Matt Gay has pretty much been injured all season he's been yeah, he's ma- making thighs, those kicks yeah. despite those injuries and he's, he's and been... again he's been superb this season yeah, yeah but no is. I agree with in relation to Powell I think he's done really well since he's come in it gives you that little bit more of a, a solid base back there it doesn't frighten you to death that Cooper Cup's catching them because as he was doing that earlier on in the season I know we've, we've spoke about it on here that it just didn't feel right because all it takes is one hit uh, and that we never, well, God knows what would have happened. I mean, in, in one respect, in hindsight, you know, I, I love the symmetry that we scored 23 points in our, in Super Bowl 34 and we scored 23 points in Super Bowl 56. I love that type <clears> of symmetry. So in retrospect, I, I'm quite enjoying that extra point now. It's only some people that remember that, though. <laughs> I looked it up, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, we've we've covered all three phases of the ball there, but I, I don't know if Aaron, have you got anything else you want to add, Aaron? Oh God, um, guys, Sam, still trying to digest it. Really, like you watch, uh, you can watch it so many times. It's just, um. Just, I think all the again, all the guys just stepped up, and it's what what my mind's to now really is, which we might do another podcast on, is now what happens in the off season with who we keep, who we don't keep, and all I know is that since the Super Bowl, and you get all the behind the scene interviews, etc., and you get to see the person a bit more, um, and it's less scripted because they feel like they can be a little bit more honest because they just won the Super Bowl, they care a little bit less, you know, saying what they're supposed to say, and it's. Um, it's really genuine the culture that they've built there, um, and to have like Big Wit is obviously leading it. Um, you know, people like Beckham that come in and Von Miller, and they totally absorb it. And they absolutely, I mean, LA obviously is a, you know a dream place to go to for these guys, and they absolutely love it. These veterans, they've been obviously playing the game a long time. They've come here, and obviously it was a Hollywood ending for them. Um, and I, I don't know what it would have been like for the NFL if we lost that game. In you know in 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 LA, 
as the LA team of that, you know, halftime show. It was all built up, which some people might think it was rigged because of that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's good for the it's good for everyone that we won it. I think yeah. <laughs> for yeah. the market, think, for the NFL, you know. I think, so, I, think yeah. I think it's great for for building the franchise and the fan base in LA. And I'll come back to you on this question here, but I'll move on to Andy for a second. Andy, what's your final thoughts on the game? And excluding Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford, who would be your MVP? Yeah. Um, thoughts on the end of the game. Like Aaron said, you know, I'm still trying to digest it. I'm even now still watching, you know, highlights and sort of looking at it. I'd say MVP for the game, um, apart from the obvious ones. Um, to be honest. I'm torn. Um, honest, Weddle. I'm going to go with Weddle simply because, you know, he he came in off the couch two years, you know, removed from the game. You know, he picked up the green dot. He's, you know, come in, did the job. But, you know, he's obviously, you know, he tore his peck and he's carried on, you know, played through. But it's the fact that you could see if you watched him, you know, he was directing everything, getting people set up where they, we want them to be. And, you know, I think he used his intelligence of, I'm not going to be able to run with, you know, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, whoever, you know, but he just used his intelligence to just be in the right place to make the tackles when, you know, when he needed to, you know, and it's just that intelligence for, you know, he's only a couple of years, you know, younger than me. And there's no way, you know, at his age, I'd have, you know, <laughs> Out of you know one one running, I'd be on the backside, you know, needing like needing the oxygen, you know. So for him to come in and do what he did on, you know, from you know, it's not as if he's come from another team. He he was sat on the sofa for two years, you know, is is impressive for me. And you know, you know, to, to me, he would be you know my MVP for the game just for, for what he's done. Cool, Aaron, have you had a chance to think and come back with your oh, MVP? Apart from those that obviously you've mentioned and took out, it's all pretty borderline, isn't it? You can go anyway. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to give it to the guy purely because of the emotional side. I'll, I'll give it to uh, OBJ purely because he had such an effect on the game early on. Like we were, we were so confident at that point just before he went down. And it, like someone said already, he would have had an amazing game going forward, I think. And he obviously creates a lot for the team. Uh, and gives frees up cup a bit more, and obviously it didn't matter with the final drive. I mean, cup made it happen, but yeah, although he played half a game, just seeing that guy that everyone looks looks at as you know selfish, egotistical, crying his eyes out, like it just like you could see him like think we're going to lose this. I can't believe it, and then just the emotion. That's what I'll give it to. That's, that's great, John. Do you want to come in with your final thoughts and your none of the usual three MVP? In terms of none of usual MVP, I would have gave it to Ernest Jones. I think actual ladies in tackling, he got sacked, tackle for a loss as well. Um, he's just been, he's been an actual, absolute amazing pickup from the draft uh, last year. Um, so yeah, that's who I would give it to. In terms of final thoughts, like apart from like being down on my hands and knees, like begging, like and praying that we were going to make that last defensive stop and then it, you know waking up my boy twin jumping about in the living room again for that's the second game they know I've woke up at least one of the twins celebrating <laughs> um from being like what, what I'm trying to say is from being down not in like any despair but down worried like 
are we on the cusp of throwing this away when it's there on a plate for us to be, you know, at the top of the mountain, you know, and coming away with the win, like it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Um, just like our season has been, it's been peaks and troughs. Um, the only one thing I wanted to ask you, know, you the guys on the point out, and I'm only asking because it's on my other screen here, is what did you make of the halftime show? Was it really that good? I mean, from a personal point of view, I, I am a I'm quite a fan of the West Coast rap, rap, West Coast hip hop. So I, I loved it. My friend who was with me absolutely hated it. <laughs> Stuff him. I think it was one of them. I think you, I think people, I think we all sort of, because of who it was, we built it up in our minds, you know, that it was going to be some, you know, but it caught the theme I felt, felt of LA, you know, chilled hip hop, you know, that sort of vibe. But I think we were, I don't know, we were just expecting something a little bit more i don't know i don't know whether it was maybe you know as people have said it was daytime still you know mm. it just there was just it didn't seem to have that spark that a nighttime performance at a super bowl you know typically has uh, it's just something i don't know yeah i think i said something along the lines of that because the way they they advertised it beforehand all on dark and it was the nice blue lights shining on them like that would have looked amazing in you know if there was a roof or it was at night time and they had all the lights going, it would have made it look more theatrical. Um, and because there's so many stars on stage, there could have been so many more hits they could have done. It kind of felt lacking a little bit, but I, I still enjoyed it, me and the missus. So. Yeah. Chris, yeah, I think you've got the that, final word on everything here. Yeah, that's my that was my youth, effectively. So so I was loving every bit of it. And to obviously see 50 Cent come in there as well, I'm a big power fan. So to see... Obviously, to, to to see him come into it is great, and obviously Mary J. Blige is then also in the Power franchise, um, so it was it's interesting to see all of those. But that that's the the kind of my youth is of watching that. I know every word to to, to lose yourself by Eminem, and my brother was telling me to shut up at some point as I'm obviously singing along because he's got me in his ear. <laughs> but no, for, for me the halftime show, and and I, and I agree sort of what Aaron said is that they've got so many hits, it felt like it could have just it, they could have had an hour. <laughs> but they obviously had to, to, to condense it down. And I'd like to see if they could put some sort of mega show. They could do hell of a world tour. There's a lot. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite sure if they're all allowed in all the countries, though, if I'm honest, because some of the pictures that you saw of Snoop beforehand oh, um, yeah. may have been slightly intoxicated. Um, they finally had to calm his nerves. Maybe he had to calm his nerves. Obviously, final thoughts from me in the game. It was just. As I say, same as our season as we've gone through an emotional roller coaster. Um, when you, I think it'd be great to see the live footage of what you actually see afterwards for some of the touchline conversations and player conversations. If you could see that as it was happening, you'd probably feel a lot better. Because um, I saw obviously today that the, the things that are coming out obviously on inside the NFL, and we'll, I'd love to see what the Rams are going to do. Obviously, the mic'd up situation. Hopefully, they've got them all, and it's going to be a mega episode that one. Um, but with McVeigh obviously got the offense all together before that last drive and really put it into them and says, we are going to win this. Don't worry. And that for me obviously shows him and you've all gone MVP, but I'm going to go MVC. And I think you've got to give the last word to Sean McVeigh because <laughs> the way he dialed up that last drive, I think shows the class of the man because that was all on him. And like you say, if we hadn't got that fourth and one, with Cooper Cup, what he's doing, obviously the players have got to go forward and do the play, but he's called that. And that's got some serious kahunas to call fourth and one 
what were we on our own 30 yard line 30 yard line something like that around there it's just that was it you people were saying we were all in that was all in and then we'd all in with everybody else's chips on the table so you, you you've got to obviously look at that he's my mvc put it that way Excellent. That answer was pretty good to me. I, I think, like everybody else, I was pretty hyped after the game. And even though the sports bar is, is only a five-minute walk from my front door, I ended up walking my friend nearly halfway back to his house, halfway around the town, just so I could calm down a bit and have a chance of sleeping at four o'clock in the morning. So I think we've, we've we've pretty much covered the game, but I think we wanted to cover the season. And I think Eamon suggested we maybe do a, another podcast where we can really get into our thoughts about the full season rather than just wrapping it up today. But I think, it, I think it's beholden on of us to have the Super Bowl as a standalone episode for the podcast. So unless anybody's got any burning last, last comments. Um, yeah. I've, go I've, got, I've got, I've got a question for, just to, for you all. Obviously we've, we've had all the talk, you know, pre-game and after game. Do you see McVeigh and Donald hanging their cleats up and the coaching up at the end nope. uh, after this? No. no. <laughs> Simple answer. They're going to run it back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, obviously everyone had the talk and that. I think that's been the talk since, you know, we've won the Super Bowl. It's not been so much that we've won it. It's more the fact of what are those two going to do? I think McVeigh was asked, oh, can you see yourself coaching to your 60, like refer- referring to somebody else? And he was like, no, I want to have kid, you know, a family and have work-life balance and all that. And then someone just took it too far because it's a story. Um, Donald's doing the usual thing where they just don't answer the question, but that doesn't mean it's there's something to it. They just like, you're asking him straight after he's just won. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pole, like, I don't want to talk about that. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Like, I loved his answer to the fact that, look, I don't want to answer that question. I want to go and play in the confetti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I, I think we'll wrap it up there, guys. Thanks to Chris. No, thank you very much. We are Super Bowl champions. Again. Thanks to John. Thanks, guys. All the best. And to you. And thanks to Andy. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, as we say, we are the champions, guys. And Aaron, thank you. No, thank you. It's um, it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster season, and it's uh, it was a roller coaster Super Bowl, but we we did it. We got there. Uh, it's been emotional, gentlemen. Thank you for listening. This has been the LA Rams UK podcast. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more, make sure you follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Los Angeles Rams UK, or head to laRams.uk for articles and merch.